Good morning. This is the day the Lord has made. And it's a great morning. When I got up this morning, it was only 40 degrees at 6 o'clock. And I thought, Lord, what are you doing to me? And then I thought, you know, if I looked back to New York, 40 degrees, clear skies. I mean, that would have been good all day. But look how nice it is outside there today. So I'm enjoying it. I hope you are. As we uh, join together now, asking God's blessing and peace to be with us. My, our call to worship, lift us up to prayer, to worship, and to praise for Jesus Christ, our Lord. Stand as we join together in our hymn of celebration number 213, Lift Up Your Heads, Ye Mighty Gates. Now let's take a moment to turn to those around us today, give a word of greeting.
As we come to our time of sharing joys and concerns, we want to uh, lift up both together that we can share together and pray together. We have some beautiful flowers here today. We have one bouquet that is being shared to celebrate the 11th birthday of Christina Long. So that's a real special occasion. And we say together, we give you thanks, O Lord. And the um, other set of uh, uh, flowers here now are being given, oh my goodness. How about that, my birthday? It doesn't mention how many. It must be the 12th birthday of me. Thank you. And uh, thank you. Oh, oh. oh, my friend Sharon Brandenberger. Uh, my ex friend Sharon Brandenberger. And I want to thank Peggy for getting some wonderful cakes for us to share afterwards. Uh, Peggy, you didn't have to put the, the, the years down on there. But you, you, could have also, you could have also given those pieces to the first people to eat so they wouldn't be there anymore. Uh, but, uh, but thank you for your many wishes, the cards and uh, the, the calls and uh, Facebook things. Um, it's very nice, but I, I actually won't, it's not my birthday until tomorrow. So, so don't get ahead of yourselves. Um, at at 9:49 tomorrow, that'll be that'll be it. So I still got I'm a young kid right now, so got a little while longer. But we stay together. We give you thanks, O Lord. As we come to our concerns, uh, want to lift up Carlene Van Dyke. We've been praying for her brother Hank Anderson, who has been very uh, critically ill, passed away this uh, last week and um, she has gone back to attend uh, services and be with family. And so we want to lift up Carlene uh, in our thoughts and prayers. And we say together, hear our prayers, O Lord. Also, Ruth Grenoyan uh, was in hospital for pneumonia for about 10 days. Uh, on Friday, when we went over to see her, she wasn't there. We can't quite find out where she is now, but, but um, perhaps in a mediary stage, um, uh, care until she can come back home, but we want to keep Ruth in our thoughts and prayers, and we say together, hear our prayers, O Lord. Also, for little Timothy Long, just three years old, this last uh, Thursday, uh, uh, Timothy had a seizure, and um, so took him to ER and uh, been doing testing, and then on uh, Friday discovered he also has pneumonia, and uh, so we want to keep little Timothy in our thoughts and prayers. But also his dad, Brian, is now sick. <laughs> and so I just told him to stay away from the rest of us and uh, uh, stay in and, until he's feeling better. So we'll want to keep the longs in our thoughts and prayers. And we say together, hear our prayers, O Lord. Also have a uh, concern from Jim Lawson that Jim O'Dell, this is right up here, uh, usually with us, was taken to ER uh, last night at St. John's with spinal stenosis problem. And uh, Gene, his wife, is asking for prayers. And so we lift um, Jim up at this time and say together, hear our prayers, O Lord. Barbara Ghosh wishes to lift up prayers for her cousin in India. Um, and uh, that's Pikli uh, Ghosh, who is in the hospital after a bad fall in the bathroom. So we want to lift her up in our thoughts and prayers, Barbara, and ask uh, blessings for her and say together, hear our prayers, O Lord. And then we have a, uh, a joy, and it says, our brother Larry is doing very well. Thank you for your prayers, and we're glad to hear that. Give Sherry and, and Larry our best. And uh, we say together, we give you thanks, O Lord. As we come to our time of prayer now, I invite you to turn in your hymn book to our prayer hymn, and that is going to be uh, number 399, Take My Life and Let It Be.
Let us pray. Eternal God, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we come to the foot of the throne of your grace this morning, asking your blessing and peace to be with us. And we ask this morning that midst of all that life at times can bring, of all the more difficult things, of problems we face and circumstances that are in our midst, of loved ones who have needs, of illnesses and needs of jobs, of situations that come to life in the midst of all that we are. Oh God, we find here this morning this wonderful haven of rest, a place in which we understand that no matter what we face in life, that we can find in the moments we share here today rest to our souls, blessing to our hearts, and answer for our prayers. And so, Lord, as we gather here this morning in the midst of all these things, may we know it is true that where two or three only are even gathered in your name, that you're in a special way in our midst. And so, Lord, in that presence with us right now, I pray for every heart needing a blessing that they might feel your hand upon them this morning. And so we take these next moments, O oh God, to simply be still. And in depths of heart and soul, we ask, O oh Lord, that you would hear those things most upon our hearts right now, and that trusting in you, we might give these things to you, and expect, O oh Lord, the answer that you're bringing even now. And so, Lord, hear us as we lift our prayers to you. O Lord of day and night, of time and eternity, let the blessing of your presence now touch all that we are, all the needs we hold, and all the blessings we seek, that in you we might find the greatest answer to life, that we are fulfilled in you. And this now we pray in the name of him who taught us that we might pray together as we say together, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not unto temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. As our ushers come forward to wait upon us for our gifts, tithes, and offerings, may we give back unto God as God has given to us with joy and with love.
Now, gracious God, before thy altar, we ask that we might bless these, our gifts to you, and that they might be used in this place and throughout the world to honor thy name through Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. <coughs> Listen and receive a reading from the Word of God. May we affirm our faith, a joy, and a willing spirit as we heard the scripture from St. John 15 and 1 Corinthians 13. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life to one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. For love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, and now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, but the greatest, of these is love. This is God's word to God's people. Thanks be on to God. May we pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks in the reading of the word. And once more, O oh God, ask thy spirit to be upon it, that it might bring words on page and ink, words but heard and read, now living words, found in the hearts of your people. And that we might find, O oh Lord, in this word this morning, that we might be enlivened to it and our hearts and lives given grace. 
and that is the good seed that finds its way to good soil, digs deep roots and brings forth harvest, that this now the seed of the word of God will dig deeply into the soil of our souls through Jesus Christ, who is the living word of God, and in whose name we pray. Amen. I want to share with you a true story about four chaplains. It's a story of the power of love in the midst of the worst in life. As you can tell, I am preaching my sermon today in my role as a chaplain in the Civil Air Patrol. And a lot of people ask me about the U.S. Air Force Auxiliary, which is one of the four components of the United States Air Force, which is comprised by active guard, reserve, and auxiliary members. The Civil Air Patrol was born one week prior to the Japanese attack in Pearl Harbor as thousands of volunteer members answered America's call to national service by accepting and performing critical aeronautic wartime missions. The Civil Air Patrol was assigned under the jurisdiction of the Army Air Corps and on May of 26th of 1948, Congress passed the public law that permanently established the Civil Air Patrol as the official auxiliary of the United States Air Force. Three primary missions were set forth at that time, aerospace education, cadet education, and emergency services. And to this day, the United States Air Force Auxiliary still carries out these three missions. I am the unit chaplain of Squadron 61 out of Camarillo, which through its cadet program has trained, supported, and guided many cadets to the U.S. Air Force Academy. Last year had a squadron record of seven lives saved and conducted multiple flights for counter-drug emergency services and search and rescue missions in California under the United States Air Force. Essentially, the Civil Air Patrol is a volunteer organization, except when authorized to fly under U.S. Air Force mission authorization and is guided under all Air Force protocol. The Chaplain Corps of the Civil Air Patrol is the largest volunteer chaplaincy in the entire world and operates under the direction of the Chief of Chaplain of the Air Force and the Chief Chaplain of the Civil Air Patrol. Our current Chief Chaplain being Colonel Jay Hughes, who is also a United Methodist minister. All chaplains must be endorsed through their local church and in our denomination through the district superintendent's office, the bishop's office, the Board of Higher Education at Nashville, and the endorsing agency of the United Methodist Church. It takes longer to go through the accreditation than it actually takes to serve. It's a long process. Education and training to serve is the same as an active reserve Air Force chaplain. The difference is that by and large as police and fire chaplains, our chaplaincy is voluntary. Chaplains are trained in special annual chaplain schools held on various of our Air Force bases in suicide prevention, crisis intervention, disaster counseling, and serving as mission chaplains for emergencies and natural disasters in which we give support to emergency personnel, disaster victims, post-traumatic disaster counseling to first responders and victims, and our next regional chaplains college will be held in April at the Marine Corps base at Camp Pendleton and we'll have to put up with all those leathernecks. <laughs> this extension ministry to my regular duties as your pastor allows me to go outside the walls of our church and reach out into our community through the Civil Air Patrol as I give community support, give moral education lessons to cadets, participate in emergency disaster training and actual events, and interact with and serve our armed service personnel and veterans for counseling, funerals, and reinforcement in many ways. And obviously the greatest role of the chaplain is simply a ministry of presence, hope, and support to many people. We are tasked to provide moral and spiritual guidance to those who seek it, especially in decisions of moral conviction, struggles encountered when returning home, and meaningful prayers and events which support our veterans and their families. The ethical goals of the Civil Air Patrol mirror the United States Air Force, which includes integrity, volunteer service, excellence, and respect. And I can tell you that I have had many meaningful engagement in my role and am proud to serve in this way as a representative of our denomination and our local church, as well as serving as the local unit chaplain, as well as having been recently promoted as deputy chaplain for the California wing 
supporting the statewide recruitment, training, support of our California chaplains. I think all of us understand what a chaplain is called to do. I can tell you that it takes devotion, it takes commitment, and it takes respect for our armed service personnel and our exhilarate members to do this role. The one great difference, unless one is a current active chaplain, is the fact that I will never be on the battlefront as a non-combatant chaplain in a combat situation. My job is infinitely less dangerous than the active duty chaplain. And those active chaplains that I have met who put in their lives on the line for dedication to God and commitment to country have my greatest respect and admiration. And this brings me to the story that I want to share with you today called Four Chaplains. Who were these men? The four chaplains, also sometimes referred to as the Dorchester chaplains, were four United States Army chaplains who gave their lives to save other civilian and military personality as the troop ship SS Dorchester sank to the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean on February 3, 1943, during World War II. The relatively new chaplains all held the rank of first lieutenant. They included Methodist minister, the Reverend George I. Fox, Reformed Judaic Rabbi Alexander D. Good, Roman Catholic priest, the Reverend John P. Washington, and Reformed Church and American minister, the Reverend Clark V. Poling. Their backgrounds, personalities, and faith were different, although Good, Poling, and Washington had all served as leaders in the Boy Scouts of America. They met at the Army Chaplaincy School at Harvard University, where they prepared for their assignments in the European theater, sailing on board the Dorchester to report to their new assignments. During the early morning hours of February 3, 1943, at 12.55 a.m., the vessel was torpedoed by a German submarine off Newfoundland in the North Atlantic. The torpedo knocked out the electrical system of the ship and left the whole ship in darkness and many men trapped below deck. Panic set in amongst the men on board, many of whom being trapped uh, below decks could not get out, and so the chaplain sought to calm the men and organize an orderly evacuation of the ship, help guide wounded men to safety, and as life jackets were passed out to the men, the supply ran out before each man had one. The chaplain sacrificially removed their own life jackets and gave them to others, realizing without them they had little chance to survive. They helped as many men as they could into lifeboats, and then they linked arm in arm together, a Jew, a Catholic, a Methodist, and a Reformed pastor, saying prayers and singing hymns as they went down with the ship, giving their lives to save others. According to reports, survivors could hear different languages mixed in the prayers of the chaplain, including Jewish prayers in Hebrew and Catholic prayers in Latin. On December 9, 1944, all four chaplains were posthumously awarded the Purple Heart and the Distinguished Service Cross. Congress also attempted to confer the Medal of Honor on each of the four chaplains, but the stringent requirement for that medal required heroism performed under fire, and the bravery and ultimate sacrifice of their actions took place after the torpedo attack. Therefore, members of Congress decided to authorize a special medal to have the same weight as the Medal of Honor called the Four Chaplains Medal, and was approved by unanimous act of Congress in 1960 and in 1961 by the director and the secretary of the army was given to the survivors posthumously in honor of the dedication and sacrifice that these four chaplains had given. Now that's the story of the four chaplains. It's an inspiring story of courage, of faith, and of fearless love of other people. How many of us would have done or could have done the same as they did? I understand to offer one's life for the life of someone I know and love. I can do that for a wife. Or I could do it for a husband. I could do it for a mother, a father, a child, a good friend. But these four gave their lives sacrificially for people they had never met before except in a few brief, chaotic moments in the middle of a disaster, thinking nothing 
of giving their jacket so someone else could live. What explains that kind of love? I think there's only one source for this kind of love. It is the love of which we find in our scripture today. John 15 states, This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. For greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends, and you are my friends if you do what I have commanded you. And of course, the love chapter of the Bible, 1 Corinthians 13, that said that love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, and of faith, hope, and love, that the greatest of these is love. Our scripture from John begins and ends with the command of Jesus, I command you to love one another. The fact that this is put in the imperative mode means it is not an option for us as Christians. It is Jesus' command for us to love one another. It is not something we do if we just feel like it. It is something we do as a deliberate response to another person whom we know to be a part of the family of God. Now, I must admit that many people, and even myself, struggle at this point. We say, how can you command love? Isn't love a feeling? How can you put your life down for someone you don't even know? But love, as Jesus spoke it, was simply this, to love one another, not as we can love, which is certainly not that which is going to lay our lives down, but to love another person as Christ has loved us. The secret, of course, is that we're simply to love as he has loved us. This kind of love is to arise out of the same kind of relationship that God had with his heavenly father and made it possible for him to love us in that manner. And from that very same source, every one of us are brought into a place of the kind of the quality of love that God is asking us to show. Christ loved us because God is love. He loved because he saw in the Heavenly Father the kind of love that we share for one another. And it was that relationship, it was that depth of understanding of what love was all about that so long ago at a cross that God showed the ultimate love of God when on that cross God said, this is how much I love you. And it will have our love, the same quality of self-sacrificing love for one another. Jesus goes on to define for us the aspects of love that mark the quality of his love for us, which we also need to share one another. And first is given in the words, greater love no one knows than this, that we lay down our lives for our friends. Love always lays itself down. Now, I have to say that love does not always say that we will give up our lives for each other, but it says we shall lay our lives down because Jesus is saying this is a repeated action. If you only gave your life once physically, you could not repeat that. So what Jesus is saying is that in so many different ways, we need to continually be laying our lives down in ways by which we give up from ourselves that we might be able to touch the lives of other people. When Jesus asks us to lay down our lives, he obviously is trying to tell us that we need, and through our lives, a part of us to be given up that we might be able to love the people around us. And sometimes we show that that love, when we least expect it, can be found in our lives. But we never show it unless we think about it. In just a few brief weeks, we will begin Lent together. This is the time, all through Lent, that we remember the love of God. Jesus shows us an infinite love found in definite actions. And what I want to ask all of us as we prepare our lives to come into Lent is to begin to consider how do we share the love that God has given to us to lay down a part of our lives for those around us. 
Brian and I will be giving a Lenten sermon series on exactly this called the Stations of the Cross through Lent. As we consider how much God loved us and how much God loves us and how much God will love us. I hope you won't miss a week of these messages about God's love. What can you do to prepare yourself? We ask that you simply consider God's love in your life. Ask you to consider how is God using you in your life to share and show his love to those around you. It will make all the difference in your world and all the difference in your life when we understand how we do that. You know, a lot of people think that what I'm talking about is undoable. But I want you to know that it is more doable than you may think because it can happen in the smallest of ways when we lay down a little bit of ourselves, all the hurriedness of the world, and find ways that God can use me and God can use you to love those around us. I remember several years ago when I stopped at a gas station to fill my car up with gas, and that's no big deal. We all do that a couple times a week. But this time there was a woman in the stall next to mine who uh, looked out of place. It was rather cold, and all she had was kind of a light sweater on. She had a couple of small children with her who looked a bit dirty and even a little bit more cross and uh, were driving in a car dirtier than the kids that seemed loaded with everything that they had. I thought perhaps they may not have much to eat for a while, and so I asked her if it was okay and if she needed help, and she just kept on saying to me, I just don't want to see the kids see me crying. She said she was driving back home and that the things were hard for her right then. So I asked her, have you prayed about it? That <laughs> made her back away real quick. I said, I'm not a crazy person, but I believe that a prayer was in your heart and God heard you and God sent me. And I walked over to the pump and I put my gas card in and I swiped it and I put the nozzle into the tank and started the gas and I walked into the mini mart and I bought some water and some bananas and a couple of hot sandwiches and I put them in a bag and I gave them to her for the trip. I happened to have a couple of McDonald cards which I also gave her for the road. All told maybe $35 plus the gas. That wasn't going to solve her problems. But in a moment, in that moment, the love of God was seen by her. I just happened to have a few old coats that I was going to give away in the back of my car, and I gave her one that I thought would fit her. I gave her a quick prayer for her travel, and I said, God bless you. And as she prepared to leave, she turned to me, and she looked me straight in the eye, and she said, are you like an angel or something? <laughs> and I said, lady, I ain't no angel. <laughs> but I told her, you know, sometimes God's angels are busy and he has to use the rest of us. And so God just used me in this moment to say that God loves you. And I gave my prayer and as I left, she said, God bless you. First time I ever met her. Last time I ever saw her. But in a moment, for very little, I laid a little bit of myself out and it made a difference in someone's life. We can all do that in different ways. We won't all do it in the same way. But I just want to ask you to be open in Lent to see the ways that God can use you to make a difference in someone else's lives. May we pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for stories like the four chaplains, heroic stories. And yet, O oh Lord, in our own lives, perhaps nothing as heroic as that, but still, O oh God, ways in which our lives can be used to touch someone's life, to be those angels come unawares and into the lives of others to make a difference. 
Help us, O oh God, in ways that we can to make a difference in Lent, to remember that you loved us so much that you gave your son. And in the depth of that love, you show all of us today what a great difference can be made when we give up ourselves and allow your love to shine through. So bless us, O God, for this we pray through Jesus Christ, the very living word of God. Amen. May I invite you to stand as we join together in our hymn of dedication. It's the Black Hymnal, number 2223. They'll know we are Christians by our love. sense of our Christian love to reach out and take the hand of someone near you and as we connected to one another may the power of that love go through all of us that we will be strengthened to serve God this week through Jesus Christ we receive now the choir's blessing and benediction Now, in the name of God the Father, and God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, may you be blessed, go forth, and serve him this day and forevermore. Amen. Now, I'm going to be inviting you to come right out to the patio. We got cake out of there, and I'm serious about eating that.
Jean. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you.